0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome in to the Odds and Audible's podcast. I'm at pre American scope with Jared Mack on the show, continuing our series of previewing each position group for the football team, going into Spring football, which, believe it or not, is right around the corner. First practice, March 6th, or March 10th, excuse me. And then they have their uh, next one, March 12th. Uh, Yesterday, we covered quarterbacks. It was quarterback day on DuckTerritory.com. A bunch of stories are on the site covering that position group. Today, it'll be running backs. We'll have a bunch of stuff on the site as well, um, looking at the full scope of this this running back room and it's one in which uh there was a lot of movement uh in and out uh for for this running back group and also a changing of the guard if you will
2: yeah it's it's sort of strange not entering a spring being like hey travis die and cj verdell are your starters and it's who's behind them because that's the conversation we've been having gosh probably since jared was like a freshman at oregon
0: almost like (laughs) <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah.
2: Not quite but probably Forever. Forever. I mean, they were here for so long and to their I mean, go down as two of the best running backs the school has had, and certainly one of the better duos that school has had, you know, simultaneously. So um strange that they're not here, but there will be familiar faces. Um I think obviously the most familiar right now, and just in terms of who's played the most, is Byron Cardwell who Gosh, didn't play really the beginning of the season, didn't need to, because you had C.J. and you had Travis. C.J. goes down, and I thought Byron really stepped up, especially in kind of that middle part of the second half of the season there where he had a couple of near 100-yard games. He ran for 100, I think, in 27 against Colorado. Um, I think almost his best performance came against Washington, even though the yards per carry wasn't as good. But some of those kind of of end-of-game runs on fourth down and in kind of goal-line spots – really stood out and his leg drive in that game. I think Byron Cardwell has potential, and I've written this before um, when I did my predictions for the season statistically. I think he has upside to be potentially a star at Oregon and could be a guy who you, I would expect has a really good chance to run for a 1,000 yards. But for him to do that, and this is what the, part of the fun part of spring is, is it's a completely new competition. And a lot of the guys he's competing with like haven't been around, one of which, Sean Dollars, is a guy who – Boy, he's been here for, this is his fourth spring, I think, and he's basically never played. And he's coming off a serious knee injury that cost him all of last season, that cost him, I think, basically all of spring as well. Seeing him available is something I'm really kind of curious to see how he plays. And then the other returner is Seven McGee, who last we saw was playing slot receiver. And frankly, we could see him playing probably slot or running back or both going into spring. I think that's one of the questions with this group is where does he fit? But three guys return in Cardwell, Dollars and McGee. None of them really have had a full season as a primary back. Somebody's going to have to kind of solidify themselves there, but I think it's going to be kind of fun to see how those guys all fit together along with another new player who Jared will be telling us about.
0: <laughs> Good transition. Uh, <laughs> in terms of yeah, in terms of newcomers, uh, Oregon Oregon landed a four-star running back, Jordan James out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I don't know how to say it. We're just going to go with that. Love it. Uh, yeah. Four-star running back, former Georgia Kibit, uh, Dan Lanning worked his magic there and getting him to come to Oregon, um, getting him to visit uh, the weekend before National Signing Day. Um, flipped him, and he'll be bringing in, he's 5'10", listed at 205 pounds, running back. Um, explosive, has a getaway speed, but also has the ability to run between the tackles, uh, Thick legs, really hard to get around, it's tough to just arm tackle him. Um, I think he could be someone who competes on a, on a first day basis in terms of spring camp and potentially in the season. Um, you know, the, these types of players are similar to what Byron Cardwell was last year in terms of um, you're going to look in, in case somebody gets injured, you're going to want to have somebody who can step up and play. And I think that's Jordan James as of right now. Uh, i'm not sure where he'll end up on the depth chart come first game of the season but he'll definitely be you know a factor and especially a non-conference where you could still use his red shirt um, but if, if a player were to be injured for oregon i think jordan james is a great backup and another newcomer carlos lachlan running back there coach jim mastro yep. is uh, no longer with the program uh, he's back to an off-field role at nevada uh, lachlan was had an off-field role at florida state with uh, Kenny Dillingham, Oregon's new offensive coordinator. Uh, this is his first position on the field as a running backs coach. Um, coach Locke, uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he is certainly a must follow for, for Twitter folks, Twitter users. Um, he has been everywhere where he can be during the early recruiting cycle for Oregon's new staff, um, definitely building relationships and things like that. Um, so that'll be another interesting thing to watch for this season in terms of newcomers.
1: It's an interesting group, Um, a ton of options going into spring ball, a wide open um, position room. I think most assume Byron Cardwell is the favorite to win this job. It would be my selection um, if we were picking right now who, who wins the job. But it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if seven McGee's dynamic ability, big play ability translates. where he's maybe the starter not necessarily the leading ball carrier but maybe the starter um or a jordan james shows up and is game ready week one of the season and is the starter um it's it's one in which it it feels weird because you you look at cardwell and and you say he's probably going to be the starter but he has to go out and win it and that i think that's what's healthy about this position group is um You've got a guy that's should be the starter, but he still has to go out and prove it and, and earn that starting job.
2: Yeah, and I think the part that's interesting here is he's really only had to compete against seven McGee of the yeah. guys who are here, and that was with the previous coaching staff. As Jared said, Coach Lachlan's here. He's going to be the one ultimately kind of running him through drills and making determinations. Maybe he'll find somebody he likes better because – Cardwell really only separated from McGee and Benson last year as the backup because those are the options. Dollars mm-hmm. wasn't available, and Jordan James wasn't on the roster. Maybe the new staff comes in and says, "We really like you, Byron, but boy, we think player X has has separated and that they're going to win the job." I I think when we just did the quarterback position, you know, podcast yesterday, and we were all like, "It's probably Bo Nicks, but there's going to be competition. These young guys behind him. I, this is a lot more open, I think, you know, than maybe people are giving it credit for." I. Like Matt, I, I, and I assume like Jared, like Byron Cardwell's the name I would write down. And, and in fact, when I do my predictions of the two deep, that's who I'll have the number one line. But I don't think you can discount Sean Dollars or McGee or even a Jordan James from coming in and making an immediate impact and, and possibly winning that job. And I, I'll say like to me, the guy I'm really curious about is just Sean Dollars because people for so long have been so high on him. I mean, he's still... The ninth highest rated running back Oregon has signed and that might sound like not that impressive but go look at some of the players they've signed in the past they've had more five stars at running back than any other position that they've signed recruits um it wouldn't surprise me at all if dollars who's by far the most experienced from an from an age perspective maybe not on the field but that if he's fully healthy and available and hasn't lost a step or two based upon some of the health stuff if he's available like I, i'm not going to be surprised at all if he's a, has a real shot at this i mean i don't know if he's gonna win the job because I think it's probably Cardwell still but I think you have to be kind of wary of hey Sean Dollars is still
0: around and he was highly regarded out of high school for a reason I think I've seen enough from Byron Cardwell to put his name down in pen as a number one starter Okay, I really have I'm a big fan of him ever since his Colorado performance um, you know the first game after C.J. Verdell went down with an injury against Stanford I there's a lot to love about him um, he's Good size, he's 6'1, 2'10. He's got getaway speed. He's shown it off multiple times over the course of the season that he can get into the second level and give you know defensive backs a really hard time with tackling. Um, he's also shown that he can go between the tackles against Washington and have some really great lower leg drive, like Eric mentioned earlier. Um, I think he's going to be the big, the next big thing out of Oregon. Um you, not just because they both wear number twenty-one, but he does really remind me of a Royce Freeman-type running back. Um, now, all that being said, I do love me some Sean Dollar's. I, I think it's it's just a travesty that he was injured last year. Um, you know, he showed a lot of lot of really good potential in twenty nineteen when he first got here as a true freshman. Uh, in twenty twenty, he had a really you know limited season, but he showed off a lot of uh, more potential against USC in the Pac twelve championship game. Um, and Jordan James. And And if seven McGee sticks at running back, I think seven McGee will be more of a package running back while Jordan James could do the things that Byron Cardwell and Sean Dollars do. Uh, just because they have similar body types. They're not necessarily, not necessarily. Um, you know really fast, like seven McGee is or really explosive and can quickly you know cut laterally. Um, but I, I still think that Byron Cardwell is the number one going into the season, and I thought he was the number one coming out of last season barring you know, Travis Dye and, and uh, C.J. Burdell's decision.
1: We should note, Sean Dollars was supposed to have the role that Byron um, Cardwell had in right. 2021. That was supposed to be Sean Dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he got hurt in spring ball, and that really changed things. Um, Cyrus Abilakio had, had transferred out after the 2020 season and opened the, the, the way. I mean, crystal ball, it's different coaches, different scheme. Y'all have to take that into consideration. But, you know, Crystal Ball and Masterhood kind of come out and said, like, hey, you still have a three-headed monster. It's Verdell, it's Travis, and now it's going to be Sean Dollars. I mean, I think they even had graphics put out, you know, promoting Sean Dollars as kind of that third back. So, you know, Jared's right. When, when healthy, that's going to be a big question, um, his impact going into the into the season. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll discuss some of those questions for this position group, as well as who wins the job and um, some spring game thoughts going into uh, this season.
3: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
1: All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audible's podcast. Uh, Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for getting through the uh, awkward two or three seconds of pause. Um, But (laughs) uh, getting back to this running back group here, um, biggest question for me is just they've got a lot of position versatility. We've got a bunch of guys that can do different things. Um, but is there that number two guy? Like, I feel like Travis Dye and CJ Verdell, you you knew, hey, if one of them went down for a a month-long injury, the other could pick up the slack and carry the workload by themselves. And maybe the third guy kind of emerges and and gets a little bit of of carries. Um, I don't know if there's that number two guy on this team. Like a one like A 1A to a one B, um, I don't know if if that guy's on this team. That that's my biggest concern. Is that I I feel confident Cardwell can do it, be the be the primary back. But we know in college football, it's at, at at NFL level, it's getting that way. At the high school level, you need two, three, four backs, and who who will be the the Robin to to Cardwell being the Batman of this of this position group.
2: Yeah and I think that's that's a central question that is is pretty significant because as we've said like I mean we talk about Byron Cardwell I I and I think and I I said I've said my part earlier. I think I think there'll be a competition here but I do ultimately think he'll win the job but he only has like 400 yards of career rushing and I guess my question going into this is is he capable of being a bell cow running back I, mean, I I think so but we've only really we haven't really seen him have to be I mean Travis was Doing all sorts of heavy lifting, and you think about mm-hmm. the last three games. I mean, I, Byron Cardwell. It's not like he was lighting it up the entirety of that last stretch of the season because they went with Travis Die, who was the experienced hand. How confident will the staff be in one of these guys? I think stepping up and solidifying that role would be my question. Will it be a a, a running back by committee? Because I, I actually think you could make an argument here that okay, Cardwell is going to be the one who touches the ball most, but. Jordan James can carve out a role maybe around the goal line as somebody with big, strong legs who's maybe more physical there. Uh, Seven McGee could be somebody who can do a whole lot of things. I think he's a Swiss Mm -hmm. Army. That was the way that the previous staff described him. I think he said the same thing of, you know, he can be really effective as a pass catcher, obviously, because he finished this last year at slot, but can also be really effective running between the tackles for a guy his size. And Sean Dollars is somebody who, was kind of talked about in a similar light coming out of high school, about him being used in the passing game. I think they even used the Swiss Army knife there because he's known to be a pass catcher. So so could you see a scenario where you really have four running backs and they're all playing, but they're all kind of playing in different packages and different roles? I think that'll be a thing I'm curious about. And, and I guess coming out of spring is, is the hope that if that is the case, you have a pretty clear idea of kind of what those roles are and who it kind of fills them.
0: I think my biggest question for the running back group is depth because you have Byron Cardwell who has shown that he can, uh, you know, perform at the Pac-12 level, but just like what Eric is mentioning, can he be the everyday guy, the every down back where he's taking the bulk of the carries? Um, Because like Matt was saying too, you know, injuries happen in football. It's a physical sport. Someone's going to get hurt and, We have not seen anything from Sean Dollars in the course of his three, four years here that, you know, leads me to believe that he's a guarantee to last all 10, 11, 12 games of the season. Uh, So that's an issue right there. Uh, Jordan James is a true freshman. Um, He'll have to get into shape and college football level shape. I don't think that'll take too long just judging by his tape and judging by, you know, the way he runs the football. we still are not 100% sure if Seven McGee is going to be a slot wide receiver or a running back or that Swiss army knife role, but I think when McGee is on the field, the way Oregon is going to run their offense will be completely different if Byron Cardwell were lining next to or behind the quarterback. Um, and then after that, if if one or two of those guys go down, there's not another like obvious running back for consideration other than Aaron Smith who was a, who was a walk-on who had you know, a great spring game last year. But is he somebody that you can rely on to get meaningful snaps if one or two players go down or if one player is lost for the season? Because if, hypothetically, if, if uh, Byron Cardwell is lost for the season, that means you only have three scholarship running backs. And so I think that's a big issue for me in terms of just the depth of this position group. Um, you know, Things go well and everybody is everybody's healthy throughout the season um i think that this could be a real strength of the team especially given the offensive line that's coming back um but i do think it'll be a little bit of a running back by committee and kind of similar to how oregon has been the last few years with travis die and cj verdell where verdell is 1a but die is 1b and they don't have to give every single carry to verdell and every single carry to die but uh because I, I think the tandem of, of cardwell and dollars can be that 1A, 1B type of deal. But we have to see it on the field for once to actually have it happen because, you know, dollars has been hit by the injury bug and Cardwell is just going to be a sophomore coming back. So I think my biggest issue is depth.
1: I think it's pretty clear all three of us have kind of said we expect Cardwell to be the starter. So I don't know if we need to spend much time there unless either of you guys have glaring thoughts on that one. I'm good. Um, Spring game thoughts going into this one is i'm real curious to see just what type of of role do we see at running back in this offense because there is a lack of depth here and there also is lack of depth at other positions where i think you could maybe argue it might be beneficial for this offense to have two running backs out there at certain situations, uh, a Cardwell and a McGee together. Mm -hmm. Do we see that? Um, Do we see a Cardwell and a Dollars together? And so I'm curious to see how Oregon chooses to deploy its running backs and and what the style is. Because I think at at Oregon under Mario Cristobal, it was at least with Verdell as the starter and Cyrus, Kind of as the short running back, a, a downhill rushing attack, and mm-hmm. Travis Dye was the opposite of that to, to kind of give you that opposite, you know, that, that unexpected look. Um, what is Oregon's running style going to be? Is it downhill? Is it zone based? Is it to try and get guys out into space, whatever way possible, and let the speed work? Um, that's to me a, my biggest spring game thought is just how do we see these guys deployed?
2: Mine is building off of the depth part. And that is, do you come out of the spring game feeling like you need to add a grad transfer yeah, or something? Cause we talk, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think one of the things that was notable and, and I actually, this is another, I guess thing I'm curious about in the spring in general, but also the spring game is, I mean, coach landing, I thought it was kind of a notable thing where I think it was Jerry Thompson asked, are you guys going to add more running backs? And he was, kind of non-plus on the idea and then said something to the effect of like, we can also get creative and have other people kind of playing that spot. And so will will we see receivers, you know, filling out of the backfield? I mean, will we see like Chris Hudson being – somehow more of a involved in the run game than what you're used to maybe coming off of jet sweeps or or actually lining up as a running back i i'd be curious to see on some of that because that that comment really stood out to me and and maybe it shouldn't and maybe it'll end up feeling like a throwaway comment as we kind of you know progress through spring and into fall but i thought the question was a fair one from from jerry thompson um who usually is asking about whether or not you're going to line up under shotgun to quarterback (laughs) sneak to take a little shot at jerry who's, who's pretty funny guy now <laughs> this one was actually fair because i actually don't know how you feel about four running backs it's you know that's a not a very not funny. good That's just there's a scarcity with that number so right. like w- will we see some sort of creativity here where we see receivers in the backfield where we see shoot like could you see noah sewell get some snaps at running back like I, these are things i'm just curious about like because from a depth perspective you have actual questions so it's like how creative do you get and maybe we won't see this in the spring but how creative do you get in terms of you know deploying different players and do you come out thinking okay we thought we could do with four running backs but a guy goes down or maybe there's a sense that well maybe this guy's not ready for a big role and you go and check out what the portal has because i think everybody felt a little bit more comfortable with things when it this assumption was jared broussard was going to transfer from colorado to oregon which was kind of the feel right around when travis Dye left and then he ends up going to michigan state so i think think mine's kind of two parts there of, of just kind of the depth and how you make that work
0: yeah i think for the spring game for me i was you know basically the same thing as you eric i was wanted to see what kind of packages they run because i think there's a clear you have three clear running backs with dollars cardwell and james where you know they're down they, they can be downhill guys they can also go outside the tackles but then you have seven mcgee who's that swiss army knife and you brought up landing's quote about well Maybe it just won't only be running backs in the backfield. And that's exactly what I was thinking of too, where you could have a Chris Hudson or Troy Franklin who have that perimeter speed to come around the edge. Or you can get really creative and do something with Terrence Ferguson out of the backfield, kind of mm-hmm. how the Kansas City Chiefs do it with Travis Kelsey or uh, the Bell Dozer. I can't remember his first name right now, but I remember his Blake. name. Blake. Blake Bell. Um, so I'm looking for that. I really am Um, and just kind of seeing what the rotations are and the packages in terms of, you know, we saw Oregon go a lot with uh, 12 personnel with two tight ends and, you know, try to get as much blocking on the field and and run like it's an sec offense. Um, I don't really anticipate that happening with uh, Kenny Dillingham. Um, I'm sure it'll happen at points in terms like goal line or something like that. Um, But I feel like this is going to be a little more spread and I kind of want to see where seven McGee is at all times because he could be just an absolute wild card and be on the field more often than Cardwell or James or dollars lining up out of the slot, uh, lining up out of the backfield. I think there's a whole lot of things that this offense can do with their running back room. Um, And I think divvying up the, the number of reps is the best way possible to try and you know, keep everybody fresh and keep everybody healthy. Um, Just on a quick note, I would do whatever it takes to get Noah Sewell in the backfield. (laughs) I I need to see it. Uh, I don't care if it's from the three yard line or from the 50 yard line. I just, it's gotta happen. There's, there's too many highlight tapes of him in high school for me to say, eh, keep him at linebacker. Needs to happen.
1: We should also know, we didn't mention this at the very beginning, but, uh, Trey Benson, he left the program, transferred to Florida State. Um, that was one of the scholarship running backs that was going to be on roster this season, and probably was going to have a big, a big role in, in in the offense. We should also note, walk-on Cross Patton, he got a scholarship at Nevada under former linebacker coach Ken Wilson, um, who's now their head coach, and so he has left the program. So, um, Oregon will be short a couple bodies from a scholarship standpoint, but also from a walk-on standpoint. And that's very critical in spring ball. I mean, um, I can't remember how many times we've heard coaches praise a walk-on and their play um, during spring ball to help give the defense a simulated look. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it could be an opportunity for someone like Aaron Smith who's – A walk-on has been in the program a couple of years now and is certainly a very big kid, you know, over 210 pounds. Um, Maybe he's the spring story of of this position group. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audibles podcast, previewing the running back room. Um, Make sure to go to duckterritory.com. We've got a ton of stuff up on the position group as well. Uh, and then also look forward to tomorrow's episode. We'll, we'll dive into um, Oregon's tight end room um, on, on the podcast and just take a look at, at where things are with that position group. Until then, you've been listening to the Austin Audible's podcast.
2: Talk to you later, folks. Peace